This week, Buffy Wilson and his new sidekick, Hildegard, struggled to get across the Texas Hill Country. Daphne Kluger gets back in the heist business. And Mrs. Maisel loses her mind in the laundromat. He knows that diamonds are a girl's best friend. And I am taking up Kiowa as a second language. Welcome to Two Real Reviewers. Well, another week, another time, a, a moment for us to do a podcast about some wonderful movies. How, new movies. Uh, new movies, yes. They're all within the, the last uh, few months. Um, I, I'm still not big on some of these movies that we've been seeing, though, so hopefully this will change uh, change our thoughts. Does it seem to you that some of these movies are kind of done at a fast pace to get them done and get them out and marketed and watched and part of the subscription uh, channels that we all have. It just seems like they're churning stuff out quickly with not a lot of. Well, yeah. Hulu prime video, Netflix, they all have their own originals. Um, and I, I know that they've also bought into certain movies to get them out, um, you know, paying millions and millions of dollars just so they can have them on theirs. Uh, so, you know, now we got HBO Max doing their thing like they did with Wonder Woman. And, you know, you did it and I did it. We wanted to review Wonder Woman. We both signed up for HBO Max and I still haven't stopped mine. So I know I haven't know. either. And I'm not sure I'm going to because I, I, they have some they have some content right. aside from some of these first friend movies that's watchable. And it's that's the problem that I'm having is, yes, there's, you know, Wonder Woman. And yes, there's movies like News of the World and what we saw in Greyhound. Um, but there's other movies out here that just don't need to be done. I mean, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move on down the, the podcast. Um, go ahead. So we will start with the movie this week that Monty and I both watched. What is News of the World? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd, and I'm here tonight to read the news from across this great world of ours. So they pay you to tell stories. I ain't never heard of that as a thing a man can do. It's not a rich man's occupation, as you can see. So director Paul Greengrass did this one, uh, in addition to doing a couple of Bourne movies the Jason Bourne uh, series, mm -hmm. but he also, he also did Captain Phillips. So right away I went, okay, he did Connection. Captain Phillips. <laughs> he, they're, they're, he provided the connect the dots for us this week. Right. Um, Greengrass also helped write the screenplay. Okay. Um, Gary Getzman uh, helped produce it. He was also the co-founder of the production company that Tom Hanks owns called Playtone. There's your uh, other, there's your other connection. <laughs> <laughs> connect the dots um but the movie is based on on a book of the same title written by paulette giles i guess it's a pretty good book too but you know you you and i don't take the time to read the book we we just we watch right movie, right like we did in school did did you did you kind of find a, a like did you kind of feel like you were watching true grit uh, it's wow and for our audience we do not discuss our feelings about these movies until we actually begin broadcasting. Mm -hmm. But I did get a big connection to True Grit, a movie that I really liked, by the way. 
Yeah. Um, well, both versions of it, quite frankly. Well, the you second know, one was a little day talking like this the whole time. And the second one wow. <laughs> that bothered me. Wow. <laughs> Holy mackerel. One. How many how many unfiltered Paul Malls did you have this morning before <laughs> well, you broke what, that? Who, that? who was that that played in the second True Grit? Because um, John Wayne was the first. John Wayne was the first one. And it and, was and the second one was, oh, my gosh. Um, we got to oh, let our fans know because it's not. Yeah. Mm. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Thank you. And, you know, Josh Brolin was in that Matt Damon. But he, right. you, know, you know, he talked like this the whole time. The whole movie. I couldn't even understand half the shit he said, but it was still a good movie. <laughs> Sorry. It was a great. It was a great movie. <laughs> But back to this one. We digress. Well, and, and and who doesn't love a Western? Yes. And I don't know that we've talked about this. Are you, I mean, do you, do you, are you a big Western fan? Oh, yeah. My favorite genre, genre, excuse me. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the, the movie Silverado? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's right up there. Um, can you, can you name my all time? I mean, you know, I like Tombstone. You know, I like Apollo 13. Apollo 13 is my, my overall top right. favorite movie but my favorite true true western film classic western film uh it has john wayne in it and it is uh real bravo oh with i was Martin. gonna i was gonna guess uh, blazing saddles but that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't have john wayne in it so well i, I still love my my text i sent you that one day that they edited all the political to make it more politically correct, Blazing Saddles was, is now oh. one minute and thirty-seven seconds long. <laughs> exactly right, and and in 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 the in the continued uh, social changes that we're going through, uh, my my expectation is that you're never going to see the movie major league ever shown again because the mascot is now considered derogatory and i bet you, you, you know, can't find that movie anymore i'm wondering if that is true i you you heard it here first and i have audio proof and i've told my son this a million times that's one of bobby's favorite movies as well but i digress um i love a good western and the twist with this one really is the relationship that grows between uh Captain, Captain Kid, General Kid, Admiral, Captain, Captain, Kid, Captain, Captain Kid, and Johanna, and it, it's very similar to the relationship between Rooster and and Maddie. Hey, Maddie, in True Grit, that was yeah. a Tombstone line, by the way. Yep. Hey, hey Maddie. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> um, I really like the unique job that Captain Kid had reading the news in different towns. I mean, I've never yeah, heard I those. I've never heard of that before. So he I, basically know. was the first new podcast, <laughs> right? Broadcasting live Broadca from, the he, from the Texas Hill Country, <laughs> right? I, I told Angela, I go, this basically was how, I mean, if this was a true, it's not, I don't know if it's true, it's a book, um, but I'm wondering if people had did this, you know, back in the day where they went and read the news. To, to me, is that basically the start of, you know, broadcast news in a sense, basic, you know? Well, I wonder the same thing because in watching the trailers for the, or a commercial for this movie um, around Christmas time, I couldn't figure out why they called it news of the world. It's like, it's, it's a Western yeah, news understand. of the world. What are you talking about? News of the world. I'm thinking it's the 8 PM newscast that's coming up. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be something about when you say news of the world, like 
something was happening. They were taking over, you know, another part of the land. And it was, I don't know, something that had to do with the history and, and whatever that we did is, is uh, in that time era. So I thought that was going to be referencing whether it was the war or, or whether it was going to be, you know, take it over California or whatever it might be um, the land that we had. That's what I thought it was going to be. I had no clue. It was just him reading newspapers. Which I think was pretty innovative at the time. And the other thing that, that, and they didn't really show this, but you know, it had to be part of culture at that time Mm -hmm. is that how many people couldn't read the news themselves? You know, I was just going to say the same thing that they were illiterate and they, they, that they, they couldn't watch, they, they couldn't read, watch the news, read the news. Right. Right. I thought the, the, the scenery that was in this movie um, the nice shout out to Native Americans mm-hmm. uh, was was great. You know, the the, the language barrier uh, between uh, Johanna and, and Captain Kidd, you got better over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it was a painful reminder of some not so nice things that happened in American history. Correct. However, I was left thinking that perhaps, just like in Captain Phillips and even Greyhound, that it seems that there wasn't enough focus on supporting cast members and the movie was all about Captain Kidd. It was the focal, the focus was all on Tom Hanks. I, you know, it, yeah, the, in, in this movie, the Tom Hanks, to me, I thought this was one of his better acting roles. Um, you knew he was twisted up inside that there was something more, there was something else driving him than just going out and reading the news. He was get, he was not wanting to go home and there. You can finally you see that at the end because of his, you know, sorry, spoiler um, <clears throat> for the reason he, I won't get too much, but he doesn't want to go home for the particular reason, but you kind of knew that there was something that was keeping him away why was this guy choosing to leave his family because he talked about his wife um choosing to leave her after the war to continue on and and stay away from that and going out and being reading the newspaper for 10 cents you know uh, every time so kind of i was just uh, i i just could see that he was he was struggling with something emotionally and i thought that that was uh really good for tom hanks in this movie that he could betray that out so well, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. The, the Hanks acting and this character were great. And I, I agree with what you say about you can see his internal struggle. Mm-hmm. But he's in virtually every scene. Right. And you see countless minutes of him and, and, and Johanna sitting uh, on the buckboard, you know, moseying on along. I would have preferred a little more time devoted to like the aunt and the uncle that that kid f- ultimately finds and tries to pass Johanna off um, to. Th- those characters weren't developed aside from the fact that they were not nice people. Yeah, at the end um, there. Yeah. But but why? I mean, what was wrong with them? You you get a glimpse of what Johanna's life was like um, before the attack that took out their you know their their 
village for lack of a better term. So, and I'm not sure that, that Hank's being the focal point of the movie is a bad thing or not. I haven't resolved that, but what I do know uh, is that he did a great job in this movie and I couldn't think of another Tom Hanks movie of the catalog of flicks that he's done over the last 40 years mm-hmm. where he's played a Western figure like a cowboy. I, I can't, I, I can't think of one. Can you? Where he's played a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Well, he has a whole, not, fran- he has a whole not, franchise. Not he has a whole one. franchise. Not that one. He's, he's Woody. He plays a cowboy. <laughs> not. <laughs> but he is. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Aside from Woody. No. No. Right. I mean, he played an astronaut. He played, uh, you know, a, a, a mentally challenged individual. Um, he played uh, a, a gay man, uh, and I'm going okay. I mean, I don't know that he's duplicated any roles, right? Mm-hmm. Well, aside from Captain Phillips, and he played um, the, the airplane landing dude. Passed away. Oh, you talk okay, airplane. Oh, Sully. Sully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did. He didn't land Air, in Castaway. <laughs> well, he no, did, but no. not in a good way. <laughs> not in a good way, <laughs> right? So, I ultimately gave uh, News of the World four red vines, particularly with Hanks's acting and being able to portray someone from the 1800s with a very innovative job who did the right thing in an otherwise upside down world. I, I too, we're going to go with a set design where they, the filming location was, was spot on. Cinematography was great. Um, even when they ran into the toothless people of the world, what were they, the, what was that earthly County or whatever? Right. Um, when they ran into them, I mean, those guys were, were perfectly done and, and, you know, so if you look at this movie from a whole, if you look at it from the, you know, like you're looking at the Oscars uh, categories, you know, audio or, you know, special effects, um, sound and editing, uh, all of this going down, you know, costume design, uh, set design, all of that. Uh, to me, this movie definitely deserves some high rankings. Um, and it's it's getting a little bit of hit and miss on the love from from other reviewers. Um, but I feel that this is is four deliciously made movie popcorns. You're the first one in the theater and you get the first batch of the fresh popcorn of the day. So to me um, and, and kudos to Helena, uh, Helena, uh, you know, the young lady that played in there. We haven't talked a lot about her. Uh, we get kind of caught up in Tom Hanks uh, because of how well he was. But I thought she was pretty amazing. I mean, she's. She did a great job in this movie. Well, and the other standout for me, welcome back to quality movies, Mira Winningham. Mm. Yes. When, when's the last time Mira, Mira Winningham was in, uh, a, well, in a movie? Right. Let alone, yep. a, let alone a good one. So I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we finally got to see this because uh, we've, we've been jonesing to, to see this one for, for quite some time. And I think the reason that we've been jonesing to watch it for such a long time, uh, similar to the weather that we're having this particular weekend, we have been locked down. 
Hi, Paxton. We heard London's in total lockdown. We are all locked in this psychological prison of burning aloneness. How's Linda? She's somewhere in the house. Is there some type of issue? You know, I chose this movie because of 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 Catwoman, Anne Hathaway. I I just I adore her. I think she's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's she's up there with the Adrian Barbos of the world. Um, and, and and the next generation, the of next generation. She's just I, I thought, absolutely I thought you were, amazing. I thought you were going to slip into your Jeff Bridges voice for a minute there when you were talking. <laughs> you were talking about yeah. her like that. <laughs> Go on hand Hathaway and get up on my horse. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my problem with this movie is again, I had this discussion a while back with you. Um, and for our listeners, they remember we don't watch movies about 9 11 because we don't like to be, re- we don't like to remember it. Every single 9 11 film is done bad. And I'm con- going down this road it's this, with this lockdown that I do with being in this situation, being in this pandemic, knowing that I don't want to see a movie based on what I'm currently doing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't like being reminded. It's the same way I see commercials nowadays that that build to try to build their product and their thing around what we're stuck with. You know, what we're we're jammed into these homes and only get to go to work and back and stores and back and that's it we can't go to a restaurant we can't go to a bar we can't go dance and we can't you know can't go to a damn movie theater and that's what kind of lockdown reminded me of i also didn't like the fact that this movie and i'll and let me give you guys just a quick quick synopsis of it this is a a couple anne hathaway and i apologize if i say his not name wrong is it Shy Weddle Edge of Four. He plays Paxton and Anne Hathaway plays Linda. They are a, I'm a I believe they're a married couple. Um, you know, and they're stuck in they're in London, I believe, and they are in the extreme lockdown where if you go outside during a certain time period, you can actually be arrested. That's how it is over there and or was. <clears throat> And it talks a little bit about what they're dealing with. She's doing her work via Zoom. He's he was a former driver. He's not he's you know, he's not working now. He's got little self-worth. He's contemplating suicide. He's so depressed. And but there's like supposed to be these funny jokes between them. They're locked down in the same house together, even though they're not even living in the sleeping in the same bed. So. And then, then they're going to go on this high stakes jewelry heist all of a sudden that for a former work uh, department store that she used to work for, and they're going to try to steal, you know, these diamonds. So to me, it was just, I didn't like one, there was some funny jokes in regards to him thinking of suicide and I didn't like it. I did not, I don't like when somebody tries to play that off when it comes to mental health that really bothered me and that knocked this movie way down for me right away so right off the bat you're filming a movie that probably took what 12 days in an iphone to do and you're trying to make it this crime comedy romance drama and it just didn't play out well for me this to me is anne hathaway's worst film ever and i feel bad for saying that um, because it wasn't worth, it was not worth the time to watch. Nobody wants to be reminded that we're on lockdown. And then all of a sudden you're on lockdown, but you know, you can go off and rob a place. 
you know, you can go off and get on your motorcycle and drive fast around and then say, oh, my heart is racing here um, because I'm I got to run from the cops on my motorcycle. I feel alive again. I'm, you know, but earlier he was caught with a, a hose in his tailpipe taped to his helmet, you know, like he was going to commit suicide in the garage. It's just things like this. It just wasn't for it. I, I mean. And again, we go back to the same thing. This is a movie made about something that doesn't need to be made about. And and so I love you, Anne Hathaway. And if you happen to listen <laughs> to this after I tag you on it on Twitter, please know. Maybe you don't want to. Well, it, you know, she and it, it kind of sucks because she's come from, I mean, Brokeback Mountain. She was awesome in that. I mean, she's she's done you know she did the batman where she was catwoman and she was hot in that outfit um you know she has done some crazy and action films along with les uh, uh, le, uh what is that not les miserable what is that called Les lay miserable she did that one she rachel getting married she's she's done some Amazing I thought you were going to say, she, gonna say she's, she, she's done a lesbian movie. And no. gonna, well, uh, which one? Oh, she was in Ocean's 8, which I, we really liked. Uh, Dark Waters. Um, you know, she's done some great films. I just didn't understand this one for her. I didn't understand why she thought she had to do it. Um, and, and looking at the re- reviews, it people are saying basically the same thing. It's it's a five you know out of ten for a lot of people. But I'm not even going to go halfway on Ooh. ours. Uh, this is hmm. this is I've given it two okay popcorns and I'm going to tell you why one because I will and always love Anne Hathaway um, and two Ben Kees- Kinsley Ben Kingsley is in this and if my other favorite Ben Stiller is in here so they had the cast to do something but when you're filming these people on zoom calls it's just not a movie it's not a movie to me. I just don't do it, please. So take that away. I, I feel bad, but two popcorns here. If you're, if you've come across it and there's nothing else on TV, go ahead and watch it. Don't pay for it. Don't, well, there's plenty, there's, there's plenty other, there's plenty other stuff on TV. Yeah. You know, if, you know, I don't know if you're 3am and high, maybe you can watch it. It might be more fun for you, but to me, it, it, it's wasn't anything to jump up and down about. And again, you know, um, shy will tell he's a, he's a good actor as well, you know, and he's done great things. He was 12 years a slave, um, you know, uh, 2012, he was, uh, dirty pretty things he was in a lot of of really good movies that's where um, i recognize that guy yes from. Yeah, 12, Doc, years 12 years a slave 12 years a slave no no 12 years a slave that's what i remember yes because you look at the guy and you go god he's got that face yeah yeah 12 years slave. and i think he was nominated for that if i'm not mistaken but i think um, you're right but in this movie it, it just wasn't anything to jump up and down about and, and and it's unfortunate but again it goes back to are we getting this because of what we're at you know, yes, he was nominated for best actor in a supporting role uh, for Twelve Years a Slave, but again, um, no, I, I just we got to stop as as an industry that's out there. I know that there's all of these rules and what you can and can't do, but if if Tom Hanks can go do News of the World, how come we can't start producing better films? Well, I'll 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 try and explain it. 
um, because I'm going to I'm going to take a swipe at Ms. Hathaway. Um, you, you may refer to her as being uh, the next generation of Adrian Barbeau's. And I understand that. But to me, she's the next generation of Julia Roberts. Now, there is there are a handful, a, a small handful of of roles that I think that Julia Roberts has played very well. And by the way, early in her career, namely Mystic Pizza. Now, the movie that she was in about the water contamination that was based on the lawyer with the Aaron same Rockovich. Name, thank you. Mm-hmm. That one was okay. And the pretty woman thing was, you know, kind of cute too. But to me, Anne Hathaway had one role where she hit it out of the park, and that was this Fantine and Les Mis. That's it. I, I just don't understand how she is how people swoon over her acting skills. I don't get it, but that's not the point you're making. I made it simply because I felt like ragging on Anne Hathaway, but (laughs) yeah, who wants to be reminded (laughs) that you and I are doing a zoom call to do this podcast, although this is fun. Well, I mean, she did one of the, I think one of her most, you know, underrated films uh, was love and other drugs. I thought that you know she made, she played a great role in that. That's fair. Um, yeah, but you you know you're right. I mean, there's there's some that she's she's missed out on. Um, but I just I don't know. To to me, this these the the lockdown and and, and these these quarantine films that these people are making. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Give. I want to go to a theater. I want to watch a movie that's going to give me an escape of where I'm currently at. I don't need a movie. And you can't be showing me this lockdown and then doing a crime heist at the end of this is not making it any better. It, it just, it was took too long to get that. If you want to open up with the crime heist? Um, maybe that would have worked. You know, you want to get me a little, get going with something like that where I'm excited about the movie? Then yeah, but the build up to it just didn't build it up long enough for me. And and unfortunately it shows, and uh, it's, it's another negative in the Anne Hathaway movies. Well, I'm sorry that you had to. But she is my woman. New Year's resolution. <laughs> We're not retiring Adrian Barbo, are we? No, no, no. I We're was just actually... coming up with we're coming up with a collection, much like you know Ross did in Friends, where he had the laminated <laughs> cards, uh, the laminated card of his free passes. You know, we're going to have some time today in this podcast. I think we should list our five, our laminated five. Mm, okay. Oh, we can do that. I can come up with mine pretty quickly, including someone that uh, Anne Hathaway looked up to a great deal, um, and that was uh, the late great Audrey Hepburn. Apparently, she loves Audrey Hepburn and yes. likes to mimic her. And since we're talking about women mm-hmm. like Anne Hathaway, like Audrey Hepburn, like Mayor Winningham, Monty, I want you to always remember. No matter what happens in our lifetime, I'm your woman. Hey, not gonna be home tonight. You'll be all right.
me. Something happened tonight. You'll work out with Cal where you're gonna go. Who the hell is Cal? Where is Eddie? This was a movie put together by director Julia Hart. She didn't have a huge resume, but she works with her husband a lot, uh, Jordan Horowitz, and they both did the writing on this movie as well. Um, production credits include um, Ms. Hart and the star of the movie, Rachel Brosnahan. Now, I'm, I'm watching the opening scene of this movie where the main character, uh, Gene, yeah. is sitting out, laying out in the backyard um, in a bathing suit with big old sunglasses on. And I'm going, how, just like the 12 years a slave actor who I couldn't identify, yeah. you know, couldn't, couldn't relate between 12 years a slave and your movie. I'm going, who, who is she? I know who she is. I know who she is. And I didn't pay attention. I only read about the plot in this movie, which sounded interesting, which is why I chose it. Had I known that the main star was Rachel Brosnahan, mm -hmm. I probably would have done this movie a couple of weeks ago. Now I have to ask you, do you watch uh, the show, uh, The Marvelous Ms. Maisel? Uh, Angela is, I catch it a few times with, uh, with Angela, but she, she watches it. Now we are, my wife and I are devoted fans to that show. Uh, and, and she is absolutely riveting in that movie. And I thought, okay, so Mrs. Maisel is uh -huh. trying to break out of that mold that she's made, uh, as Mrs. Maisel. I mean, she's done some other stuff. Um, she was in house of cards. Um, but uh -huh. she gets the spotlight in this movie. Uh, so I was even more interested as the movie kind of moved along. And the movie is set in, in the 70s, which is another one of its really strong qualities. It, it's not as good as what you and I enjoyed in American Hustle, uh -huh. but it's pretty darn good. Okay. So Rachel Brosnahan plays this character who's a housewife. She's married to a career criminal and uh, her husband, Eddie um, is played by Bill Heck. And I'm even surprised that, that Bill Heck got credit for this movie because he's in, he's in it for about seven minutes. I mean, it's the kind of the opening scene he's in it. He has to disappear because he's done something bad again. Mm -hmm. And Eddie has made arrangements for his wife to uh, be protected and to basically disappear and go underground. So Gene struggles with the loneliness because Eddie's gone um, and he's gone even before she goes into seclusion, into hiding. But the couple cannot have children of their own or adopt based on Eddie's criminal past. Mm -hmm. But one night Eddie comes home and he has a brand new baby <laughs> for Jean. Just kind of comes home with, hey, honey, look what I brought home. And this is supposed to fulfill some of Jean's time, right? Because she's, she's trying to bond with this baby for the long periods of time that Eddie is gone. Well, then shortly thereafter, when Eddie is out for the night, Gene gets this phone call or gets a visit from uh, a, a friend of Eddie's who very quickly packs up Gene and the baby and, and puts them into hiding. So Arins Keeney, pardon me, Mr. Keeney, if you ended up 
uh, if I ended up butchering your name, plays Cal, and Cal befriends Jean, um, but warns her to stay anonymous in her new environment. She basically is, is moving into a, a nice suburban neighborhood, um, it's, and it's for her own protection. But Jean struggles with mommying, cooking. She's a terrible cook. And even and she tries to avoid boredom, even though she's got this this little baby to occupy her time. But she's so lonely that she ends up making a mistake by inviting a, a well-intentioned neighbor over for dinner. And the bad guys end up being able to trace Jean and this this kind neighbor. And it just goes downhill from there. Cal comes to the rescue. You get Cal's wife, Terry, um, who we find out was also married to Eddie at one point in time, unbeknownst to Jean. And they have to go into hiding again, trying to elude the bad guys who want to try and get Jean and the baby as leverage over trying to find out where Eddie is. Because Eddie did something bad and the bad guys are trying to find out where Eddie is so they can make him pay. So the trio of Gene, Cal, and Terry hide out. Gene learns, learns to shoot a gun to protect herself. They, Terry and Gene hang out at a, a beautifully put together 70s discotheque. But all the while, I'm wondering, what did, what did Eddie do that, that got him into this predicament? What, what happened? Did he steal money? Did he kill some guy? Did he did he botch a robbery? What did he do? They never explain it. They never explain why Eddie is so sought after. But in the end, we do find out that somehow Eddie gets whacked. But Jean uses her newfound gun skills to protect herself as she returns the favor that Cal and Terry and their family have bestowed on her during that most difficult time. And presumably the three of them escape everything in harm's way and they're able to go back to a normal life. But really what is a normal life when you're married to a criminal who brings a baby home like a bag of groceries? Right, right. I, I thought this was a, a great departure role for Rachel Brosnahan um, because I've only watched her in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she nails that character. Mm -hmm. But it's a stereotype. In this movie, she plays a, a rather disgruntled, lonely housewife from the 70s, who's kind of a prima donna in a way. And she has to learn how to shoot a gun. She ends up, spoiler alert, she ends up blowing away a couple of guys in, in one of the one of the final scenes which is really cool to watch even better is that it was set in the seventies. And that's, that's our, you know, you were, you were sporting bow ties in the seventies, my friend. I and know <laughs> I, I, I was wearing angel flights at the same time. So I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always, well, I'm always willing to go back to that, to, to that time for sure. But I was disappointed that you never learn about what, what Eddie did. Uh, Eddie, Eddie himself into, in, Eddie's into, his, into, his man or her man? Yes. Okay. And so, so okay. they were married, but it turns out that Eddie in a previous life was married to Terry, 
who's also in the film who in the film who befriends Gene. Okay. And and he's actually played by uh Bill Heck, who's done a few few roles, a uh, few films. Um The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I just love. I think it's a hilarious movie. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> you can talk about it. <laughs> All right. Um, but in this film, I, you know, I didn't get the chance to watch it, but I did watch the previous and I was doing a little bit of research on it. My question for you. So it's a crime drama. Is Eddie part of the mob? Is he is he connected in the mob way? Is that what's going on here? We never we never know. And that's okay. what and, and that's what detracts from my overall ranking in this movie because you know he's a bad guy he all but admits he's a bad guy when cal comes crashing in to save gene and the baby to get them out of harm's way um when all the bad guys end up trailing cal and gene uh you know that they're after not because he was stealing cable so you know he was he was up to no good but you don't know what that is you know, did he have mo- did he have money hidden somewhere? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he keep did he keep the drugs for himself that he was supposed to, uh, you know, deliver to somebody? It's never explained, and it didn't make sense as to what sort of heinous crime he had committed mm. that caused all of this ruckus. And if they had explained it a little bit better, and if they had given Eddie a little more time, or maybe they had kidnapped Eddie. You know, for those of you writing in Hollywood, I am available for part-time work. Then I, 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 it would have, it would have made a little more sense. But what they did with Jean and having her in hiding, and seeing similar to what we experienced with News of the World, you can see her internal struggles. She wants to make sense of it. She doesn't understand why Eddie's gone. She's got this new baby that she is now solely responsible for. Um, it's just the two of them until Cal and Terry come into the, into their life. I ended up giving this one, three red vines, Brosnahan, her acting in this movie. If you're comparing it to what we've seen in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which we really shouldn't do, but I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) It, It was a, it was a breakaway for her. She was great in the role. She looks completely different than she does in Mrs. Maisel, by the way. The second Red Vine is for how the movie embraced the 70s, including the soundtrack. Oh, The soundtrack is really super good. And the fact that they named the baby in the movie, the third Red Vine goes because they named the baby Harry. I don't know why I like that, but I really I really like that. It is a three Red Vines movie. It's a good movie to watch. It moves right along. But if you're waiting to find out how why Eddie was in so much trouble as he was, you're not going to find out. And it's a bit of a disappointment. So this is a movie, a crime drama in the 70s about a woman taking control in a sense or running and then taking control. Um, It reminds me of a film I saw a year before um, The Kitchen. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's it's. it's got uh, McCarthy. Yes, it's got Kate Moss, uh, Melissa McCarthy, um, uh, Haddish, uh, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, they're based in the '70s, and they're the wives that continue to run their husbands' rackets after the husbands get locked up and go to prison, and the mob sort of turns their back on the wives, and then they take control because they need money to feed their kids, and they take control and they end up running Hell's Kitchen. 
that's a, I just, I don't know how I, I was kind of seeing a little bit of that together. Maybe it's the seventies and the crime and a woman take being powerful with, with your, with, um, uh, Rachel, is it Rachel, right? Yeah. Rachel. In Rachel this movie. Brosnahan. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe there's like a little connection. Maybe there's something that went on in the seventies. We don't know about. <laughs> well, there's something else we didn't know about, you know, just explain it to me. Yeah. Just let me just let me know why why Eddie's a bad guy. You know what right. what was it? What what was it? What did and, he do? Hmm. How, yeah, what did he do? Um, and I and not that this is a big aside, but right. how did he get how did he get the baby? Right, and you just he literally walks through the front door with the baby one night. <laughs> so is it a movie to watch? I mean, it should, should. I know you gave it three, but should you know? It, 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 to me, anything three and up. It's especially with a continued, well, I'm not going to blame the lockdown anymore. I'm going to say, given the weather that we're experiencing now, where we on our own are probably going to be locked down because the weather's inclement, everybody's going to stay inside this weekend. Yes, I would absolutely watch this movie. If you like the 70s, if you like chicks with guns, and I do, and you're a fan of Mrs. Maisel and you want to see her doing a little something different, I absolutely would watch this movie for sure. The only detractor from it was the fact that the plot did not reveal Eddie's crimes. So, so chicks with guns, like real guns or guns like on their arms, like Michelle Obama. <laughs> chicks shooting guns. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Sorry, thought I'd throw that out there. I thought you were going somewhere else with chicks with guns, <laughs> not muscles, not, not like, muscles, not GI Jane. All right, so um, you're a big fan of the movies in the '70s, aren't you? Oh, I, I mean, and I didn't was, we get didn't we get spoiled with American Hustle? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we I did. mean, that was... it, it 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 hit all eight cylinders. In, in ter- the car, you know, the automobile. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on, but the, the automobiles and the, and the, and the, the, the clothes his hairline and all that, his, <laughs> all, all of it in American Hustle is so good. But then if you go back and actually, you know, you watch movies that were, were made in the seventies and you know, right. you see this, you see the same thing. Well, and I, and I do too. I love any movie that references times, you know, going in the past. That's why I'm a big fan of like Casino and Goodfellas, um, especially when it's done um, with, you know, pointing, you know, being pre- precision in a sense, uh, detailed, knowing that these movies, you know, the car in the background, the suits that they wear, the watch that they wear, you know, it was one of the things that I liked when we talked about Wonder Woman last week was even the watch that he Chris Pine had on his hand was like, I think it was like a Casio calculator watch or something. I, it was just some of the ones that I would have worn back in the day. And I love it when movies do that. So, so and this I one has one. a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> I did too. And I thought I was going to be able to cheat in my math class. with it. <laughs> Anyways, um, I love movies with detail. So it might be something that, that I'll go ahead and watch. Now, is it a, a pay movie or is it one you wait until you go streaming oh it's available right now oh okay all right it's not on like, prime not the 20 bucks for news of the world 
no, that one was that one was that one was kind of rough. But no, it's on Prime. It's part of Prime Video. So when do we change our names from two real reviewers to two guys that review review Tom Hanks movies only? <laughs> as soon as as soon as we start getting a check from Prime Video, Prime, God, oh my gosh, I was trying to calculate it out. I know we had the weekend, Tom Hanks weekend, um, where we did big and and um, oh God, what were the other ones? on that same one i just added up too but we did like a tom hanks weekend i know we did that one but then we've done we had greyhound in mr. there greyhound mr we had league, of, league of their own was in there yeah league of their own yeah we've done a ton of tom hanks films apollo 13 so uh um, well he is america's sweetheart yeah very much true so but why don't we why don't we move away from from the Hanks movie franchise uh, next <laughs> week? And we're we're blessed because in this new year, we continue to have movies available to us uh, that are brand new and we can watch. And we got three new ones for you. Well, two new ones. And I'll explain the third one uh, momentarily. Well, I'm going to see um, it's the, the primetime original um one night in miami I'm, I'm really looking forward to this movie um i've been you know seeing all of the um is it prime time or is it netflix i forget i believe it's prime it's prime yes um you know it, it's got malcolm x it's got muhammad ali uh jim brown sam cook um it's it's is a fictional account of one incredible night where i these th these four icons uh, gather discussing their roles in the civil rights movements and culture upheaval of the 60s. Um, Regina King is the director of this one, so I'm really looking forward to oh. to seeing this movie. I didn't know Regina King did that one. I didn't know she. I honestly, it took us uh, what this year. I think we found out that she was was a director. I didn't know she's got 15 credits under her name. I had no clue. Really, she I had is. No idea. You know, and we, we all remember her from, you know, Miss Congeniality, and, and now she's on the TV miniseries Watchmen. She, we remember her as a comedic actress as well from the beginning. Um, so to see her step out and do these types of films as a director, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, yes, she was, she was in Boys in the Hood and Poetic Justice, but, you know, where she was an actor, but she used to do a lot of, like, she had a run there of, of comedy films. Um, and now, being a director i'm i'm really excited to see this one we're we're going to mutually review uh, another first run movie uh called white tiger and for those of you waiting for uh, the sequel to the tiger king that ain't what this is <laughs> right right you right. you promised you promised me uh, what, is, what is white tiger about uh, oh, I actually just clicked on the movie and it took me to um, uh, the, the Tiger Lion, King. Tiger King. <laughs> um, it is the epic journey of a poor Indian driver who must use his wit and cunning to break free from the servitude to his rich masters and rise to the top of the heap. So the the precursor to us watching this is the fact that this one's kind of come in under the radar mm -hmm. because some of the polling uh places that not polling places but some of the review sites that are out there that i'll mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take a peek at every once in a while i got some high ratings right uh, for for this movie 
This and then a, it's a purely Indian movie. Uh, you know, every actress, um, the director, everyone. Um, uh, Chopra is in this. Uh, she's a beautiful actress, Indian actress. Um, that's been on the TV show, not not FBI. What's you? What's that one called? Um, Guantamo or something like that. She was in it. Um, but she's you know she was the bad girl in in Baywatch with The Rock. I don't know if you remember that, but she's she's uh, she's heading this film as well. So it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very good. Well, the last you know the the, the one of one of my favorite movies um, within the last I don't know ten or twelve years that kind of came also kind of came out of nowhere and also was an all Indian movie was Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wonder you know I wonder if there's kind of a same feel that you get. Um, um, to this one so I'm I'm after you revealing it to us and seeing a couple of snippets uh, on on the internet about it I'm really looking forward to this one and I you know I'm so appreciative of this time with you Monty and our audience being so dedicated and uh, encouraging us when we do polls uh, to watch movies and I, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a personal favor to a, a family member. So my my uncle Dan in Crossville, Tennessee. Uh, Hello, he, Uncle Dan. He's he has been just on me to to catch this movie. It's been probably six weeks that he's asked me. So have you watched that movie yet? You're gonna review it? You're putting it on your little podcast? Uh, your little and, podcast? And Do you I, not know we are worldwide now? We got people in Spain and Greece listening to us? Uncle Dan? Okay, so uh, our our little podcast is, go- is going to do Uncle Dan a solid because Uncle, Uncle Dan um, is, uh, I will say this, if Uncle Dan is recommending a movie, Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's probably got to be pretty good because he, he could probably turn sour on just about anything um, uh, very, very quickly. So it's, it's, it's not brand new for 2021, but it's not also a 1971 movie either. We're going to take a look at Fisherman's Friends. And just so you don't get scared off, it's not that movie that we did um six months ago that was set in the um the northeast uh province where someone died well well and, uncle and dan the, i'm, are, I'm gonna watch this with you just so you know so you're gonna get bonus, bonus coverage, coverage. all yeah, right you get some bonus coverage because you know the scary thing uncle dan and and I'm, i hope you're listening is the last person that pushed us to watch a film <laughs> ended up getting the negative movie award title after him good old mickey and i thank him for being a good sport he's made some comments on our social media page saying that it's a great name uh called the mickey award so the 2020 bad movies were called the mickey got the mickey award so uncle dan hopefully this isn't uh a flop because if it's a flop we might have to call it the uncle dan you know uncle dan Uncle Dan Award. Uncle Dan Award. <laughs> well, I think he'd be proud of that accomplishment, even if we end up putting this movie, you know, in in the commode. But like I said, he's he's a he's a pretty harsh critic on on his own. So if he likes something, mm-hmm. it's it's worth a peek. So All I right. am I am very much looking forward to taking his recommendation and watching that one. And and come on, little little podcast. 
Well, he didn't really, he didn't really say that. Germany, he, France, he was, he was just, Singapore. He was he was emphatic. <laughs> I mean, he was emphatic about it. he just really. Oh, he's wanted right. <laughs> wanted, he re, just really was trying to encourage me uh, to somehow watch this movie. So, Uncle Nan, this one's all for you. All right. <laughs> well, looking forward to next week. Well, this weekend of watching all of our films this weekend. I know we can probably we will probably we could probably put the podcast together by Sunday afternoon. My gosh, because uh, I I'm I'm going to spend the better part of my Saturday um, watching uh, probably a couple of these um, just based on I don't want to go outside. Well, I actually got a little bit of sun here on the in the desert side, so we're going to go out and do some shopping. But thank you guys for listening, Rod. It's been another great week. Looking forward to next week. Make sure you pay attention to all of our social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, and you can enjoy this and other great podcasts uh, on our partners at iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we cannot uh, end our show today without thanking our folk, our friends over at KMET 1490 uh, for their continued support and putting this podcast together as well. One last thing, don't forget, we got to say our little uh, respect and love to Larry King. R.I.P. Larry King, uh, a television icon, more of a radio icon in his earlier career, for sure. But I know he had he had bit roles in movies, uh, but he, he was he was certainly an American entertainer, which is what we try and do on a weekly basis. So yes. R.I.P. Larry King, yes. uh, you will be missed. And quite frankly, he's been missed since he left CNN a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, doing all those infomercials, but uh, he 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 will be missed for sure. Well, at least he'll stop having to pay those. What is it? Eight alimony checks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was wrong. I guess. I God, guess that was those, wrong. I, I'm I sorry. Guess those, I guess those come. Those now come to a a, a close. But uh, he fun. he will be remembered very fondly for his impact on, quite frankly, on on broadcasting because. Absolutely. I in in college, I listened to him uh, on late night radio. And then when he made the the jump over to um, to CNN, if, if he had a, a celebrity or a politician or an entertainer on you know, for an interview, uh, Larry King Live was always a great show. I was back when CNN um, had some some decent programming. Uh, sorry for me to say it that way, but well, it's uh, true. The truth hurts. So. Until next week, we are Two Real Reviewers. You'll hear us next week. Joy within you die.